I remember from last week, I do. That's some things. <laughs> well, let's see if we can be Snyder. Oh, you, yeah. you tweeted a bit. Ah. <laughs> Ooh. Gave us a bit of a Snyder twist there. <laughs> I liked it. That worked well. Uh, so hi and welcome behind the hype. I'm your host, always Brian Dressel. With me as always is Chewy Darso. Hello. And Jonathan Hardesty. Hey, hey. Uh, week two of Zack Snyder five-week month. Uh, getting very excited as these movies are going to get crazier and crazier as we keep going. Uh, Sucker Punch is up. Sucker Punch. We want to get it done uh, quick and quick, right out of the way. Little raw. Little raw. Um, it's a movie I, I haven't really, I haven't legitimately sat down to watch in a <laughs> while, but I've been throwing it on since it came on. Like every now and then, it's like, oh, I'll just put Sucker Punch on because like eh, it's kind of fun. And uh, I still feel the same way. Like I, I, John and I talked a little bit earlier this week about how, like, yeah, this is not his best film. There's a lot of problems. We can get into all of those. But when it comes to my personal viewing of this movie, I can, I see the forest through the trees, and I'm just like, oh, I can kind of ignore the stuff I don't like and just enjoy the stuff I do, and I can really appreciate the movie that Zach was trying to make and have a good time with it. I think this movie is pretty great. Yeah, honestly. Uh, I can't really think of a specific thing to gripe about it, uh, other than everyone's wearing fake eyelashes. Yeah, that, 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 uh, their eyelashes are nuts. Yeah, she's wearing fake eyelashes <laughs> before she even gets to the Institute. Yep. Uh, she's into them. Other than that, I'm like, I guess if you've never seen any character design from Final Fantasy or video games in general, I guess you could be offended. Yeah. Sure. I mean, why not? If that's, if that's what you're looking <laughs> what? for. What? Wait, what? Video games? Video games this have movie costumes has that are like something so... something to do with video, but they don't ever say video games, so it can't be about video games, because they would clearly not, say video games. It's not games. just about video games. It's about anime, I, too. I'm well aware. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, and all the women in this movie cover up more than they do in those properties. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, John, what about you? What's your, your gut take on this? And then we'll start diving into it. The first time I watched it, it, it was kind of so-so for me. I It seemed to be a lot of flash and uh, style, but not much going on. And there was all this talk of it like being commentary. But the, when I saw it in the theater, it, it felt like, um, yeah, it's playing in that. It's, it's that thing where you pretend to be commentary on something, but also play in it. It's that very weird dance, and that's kind of where I went with it. And it's like, oh, okay, fine. I was also not – I haven't been too big on Zack Snyder in general. So back then it was like, oh, okay, I, I would go with the crowd on this. I watched it a couple months ago and didn't have nearly as harsh a, a take on it. But I still had some issues with that same thing with the, okay, it is comment, it's commentary, but it's also playing in it. And there's a fine line, and I'm not sure if it did it. And then a couple days ago, no. Yeah, by now, about maybe a week or so ago, I watched the extended version. And much like watching the extended version of a bunch of the other Zack Snyder things I've watched so far for this, it helps. I, I still don't quite like it nearly as much. And I still have some similar problems with just that. But, man, you put a musical number in your movie, and it's like, yeah, that actually does a lot. 
<laughs> yeah. Surprising amount. Um, so that part feels and, and very then, and cool then, and then, to me. Yeah, but I'm still into it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I well, like that's how Oscar Isaac sings. He doesn't sing very often, but he's good. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is it started it having that be in the beginning with the curtain going up in a very similar to Moulin Rouge way. I was reorienting how I, I was like kind of syncing up with the movie in a different way than I had watched it before. Uh, and especially with a lot of the additions and having the musical number in there, emphasizing the cabaret a lot more. A lot of the things that they added really put it into perspective, cleared some things up, and also, just in short, improved it a lot. I oh, would yeah. Say. Mm-hmm. I-, I can't go back to the theatrical one on this one. Like, uh, like when it comes to, the, say, in two weeks here when we get to BVS, if I don't have time, I can watch the theatrical cut and just fill in the blanks that aren't there anymore, and I can still get, like, ah, oh, I still got to watch most of BVS. This one I can't go back. Like, that whole... The argument of this movie is that it's just, you know, flesh on the screen for guys to get their jollies while watching it. That That is the ultimate argument against it. It's just the ultimate, um, I'm forgetting the word now. Um, titillation. Not titillation. Uh, misogyny? Thank you. No. Misogyny. Misogynistic crap. I thought like, you already said that. No. Uh, and that's kind of where everyone, like, I feel like they watch the trailer. They watch the girls in the short skirts and the corsets <clears> and the guns and the craziness and went, I know exactly what that movie is. It's offensive and garbage and I won't watch it. And it's like, that's where you fucked up. Like, yes, it's offensive. There's a ton of garbage in it. But that's the point. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, and, and, I, and I think... Uh, what you were saying about just watching the the trailer, the trailer already trains you, may perhaps incorrectly how to watch the movie. Absolutely, but also, yeah. um, but also the theater cut. Uh, one thing, that, the biggest thing I think is that all the other characters, not just Baby Doll, are characters now. They're real. They're not just the side characters as Baby Doll is in the movie that she says she's not the main character in. Right? Yeah. Suddenly, everyone has time spent on them they're they're more real they're more actualized and even even down to the combat but yeah we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit yeah yeah, i I was gonna say maybe maybe we should do a very quick breakdown of this one because this movie does get very messy um and, and i mean that in a good way like i think at the end of the day i like sucker punch i think it's a good movie i might not like it as much as chewy i definitely don't like it as much as some of the super fans out there but everybody says it's hot garbage I just wholly disagree with, but shocker there, right? Um, <laughs> um, everyone who says this movie's hot garbage either has no connection to what it's trying to say at all, or has no idea what how to handle subtext. Yeah, they're just yeah, they're just not going to give it the yeah. patience and time that a movie like this needs because you look at the the cover art and you would assume this is not a movie that needs patience and time and dissection because that's yeah. just not what it looks like. Either way, so this movie uh, takes place when a baby doll, her mom dies, and some guy is going to take her and her little sister, and he's obviously a really fucking bad dude. Huge theme throughout this uh, movie. All the dudes are fucking awful. Um, And he's going to rape her little sister, and she gets a gun, and she goes to stop him, and she accidentally shoots her little sister. Uh, So lo and behold, they put her in a mental institution, and her new dad pays off the guy who runs the mental institution to give her lobotomy as soon as humanly possible, which is about five days away. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie takes place over those five days in a fantasy world inside of Baby Doll's head where she's not in a mental institution. She's at a prisoner-esque cabaret slash uh, brothel. Um, <coughs> I guess would be the way to describe it. And it's this whole thing where these women have to put on shows for the men so the men will buy them and then sleep with them. Um 
But whenever Baby Doll dances, we don't see her dance. We don't see how she entices these men because when she dances, we get to see what's in her mind again, which is these huge, epic, anime-esque, video game-esque battles where the girls are dressed like uh, video game characters, anime characters, and they kick fucking ass against, like, zombie Nazis and dragons and just all sorts of crazy shit. And, uh, and that's the metaphor for her dance, which you don't ever see a frame of. The most you'll ever see Baby Doll dance is a little, like, hip sway. And then it cuts away. Um, I'll get back to that in a minute. I just want to make sure I mention that. Uh, lo and behold, they have this huge plan to escape. It goes tits up. And uh, they all start dying. Baby doll uh, eventually goes, holy shit, there is no way for me to win in this situation. But I can at least save one of you, which is what she does. She makes sure her friend can get out. She gets lobotomized. Uh, the bad guy gets arrested, I think. Uh, he, he at least gets taken out forcefully. Who knows? what actually happens to him after that. Hopefully a lot of bad stuff. And uh, and the girl who turns out was actually the thematic main character of the whole movie has a happy ending. And it's like, oh, wow. <clears throat> There's a lot of moments for the quote-unquote sucker punch to take you here. Uh, and, and that's kind of what, like, that, that'll be a big topic later. Like, what do you think the title is referring to? I think it's a, uh, maybe we'll throw it in the, John, do you still have the link to that video essay I sent you? Maybe we'll throw that in the comments because I think that is a very good job breaking down what I think this movie mm. was attempting to do. Um, but that's kind of the general, uh, narrative, right? Yeah. Close enough? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, let, let's kind of dive into this thing as, uh, as much as we can. I, I don't even know really where to start. Do we start with the... Well, you, st you start by the framing, okay. essentially. Because you, at the beginning, you start in the quote unquote real world. Sure. With baby doll being taken to the mental institution and being taken to the they call it the theater right they call it the theater yeah the theater yeah uh so she sees the therapy by um carla carla gugino gugino's character i forgot her name in this movie uh because she's a she has two names i, I don't remember it if it's not one of the main girls the, i don't remember their names um uh, Gorski, I think. Madame Dr. Gorski. Vera Gorski. Yeah, there you go. That sounds right. Uh, doing her therapy on Sweet Pea. And her therapy is role-playing out your pain, I guess. And it's to music or whatnot. So right. she's seeing her, and then she's hearing her saying, this is a safe place. This You create this world. Mm -hmm. You are in control of your narrative here or whatever. Sure. Uh so you just, and then you cut into Baby Adele's eyes, and you you get a visual clue of it clicking in her head, and so then in Baby Doll's head, she views her being forced to be at this mental institution against her will by men as a choosing to have it as a metaphor in her brain of being forced to go to a brothel. Yeah, because that is a very classic thing. Everyone knows that story. Yeah, sure. Uh and it's, Fuck, a it's in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot more, at the same time of it being horrific, it's also more glamorous than mental institutions in the 60s. Those were terrible, ugly, horrible places. Yeah. There's no making that pretty. So you can make a brothel pretty. Yeah. While you're still being absolutely awful to women. <laughs> oh, and the, the men in this movie are absolutely awful to women. Yeah. Uh, so they're very... They're similar metaphors because it's women were sent to 
mental institutions for almost everything for being hysterical you know not in control of our emotions for not wanting to sleep with their husbands yeah she must uh, be crazy for don't you know how good i am for being depressed when you know there wasn't a lot for some women to be happy about back then because they had like zero options we couldn't even have money <laughs> we, we you could only get a loan if a man was with you there was no such thing as credit for women it was, it was awful um and then in we suck yeah <laughs> that all changed in the 70s guys it was not that long ago <laughs> scarily recent uh, <laughs> but and so then when she has to dance in the brothel world you go down another uh layer of imagination which is the attack scenes right the battle scenes which I'll quote Jackie Chan there, where he says, every fight is a dance. If you don't think of it as a dance, you're going to lose. I mean, that, that parallels well. That's not well. an yeah. exact quote. But no, no, no. no but I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but you're not wrong. Like, cause, like that's, it works really well for this movie. Yeah. Because um, so they whittle it down to five objects. Right. Uh, that they need to escape. But everything around attaining those objects is a dance and a fight. Yeah. And it all wraps up into each other. Yeah. Like, it's another example that I, I think that uh, will be a, a large theme throughout this month uh, or five weeks, if you will. Um, when it comes down to pacing and storytelling, I still think Zack Snyder is just very much on point. The The problem here, at least for me, is that like everything you just said makes sense. I, I think the movie makes sense. Uh, the people who said it was confusing, I think are just fucking wrong. Um, okay. But they also watched the theatrical one, which is, uh, there's a lot of glaring holes in that one. Yeah. And for me, and I, I want to see where you guys kind of sit on this one too, this movie added in 20 extra minutes from the theatrical cut to this one. So 20 whole minutes. And I'm guessing beyond, beyond the one song that they added back in, the most of that 20 minutes is all story because the action was all up there on the screen. I think when they added any action, it's very little cuts here and there. And to me, this movie can still lose 20 to 30 minutes and be just as effective, but you can lose it out of the action. And I know that's like totally against all movies these days. Like you want to pack them to the gills with explosions and stuff. But for me, like the, the action got a little samey, like the, the quest I enjoy, but since every one of the quests is a huge battle and they're all kind of samey and they, it's like, I get it. Like all these sequences go on a little too long. That was my biggest problem with the movie. Yeah. That for me is the main reason why I'm like, it's not his best film because it's the only one that has that particular problem. There's he pulls in so many things in this. Oh movie yeah, that I can see the motivation between every choice almost. But yes, it's not perfectly put together. No, because like I'll I'll break down some of the stuff because just like even in the action sequences, I'll break down the action stuff. Each of the characters has a very specific look because Baby Doll is an anime character. Yes, yeah, straight in up. A school uniform. And I would say he did... With a katana did, and a handgun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'd say he did yeah. her right by giving her black underwear. Yep. The one step to making this less misogynistic, she gave he gave her black underwear instead of the white underwear they always wear in anime. So then you're always aware of when you're seeing her cooch. <laughs> <laughs> to make beat very blunt. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, that's what it's there for. So interesting, in movie, interesting call. Yeah, back to um, <laughs> Sion Sono. 
who in joking about this for uh oh what was it oh uh, tag for yeah. tag yeah they they're, they're poignant whenever you saw their underwear they oh, even yeah. mention yeah. it they he slow moed on their underwear and it was, that was the point to yeah. be like to criticize that but in there he still did it here yeah, yeah. they <laughs> he didn't she's just in the outfit where there's no getting around it uh so that's her basic character and then you have sweet pea which is the battle angel the the battle nun she's her outfit is modeled after a nun she's got the hood she's got the beads she's got the like cowl thing going on and she's got the armor on one side which makes her kind of like a uh crusader sure type yeah. thing. it's a very religious looking outfit and then you have blondie which is kind of the ethnic character sure. she, she's got you know the frills the long strings and stuff that you would associate with native american and she has a hatchet that she throws at one point yeah uh and then you have just the the soldier amber who's very much like i don't know if they were going for the japanese uh soldier look with that but she was always the pilot which i appreciated like she was the one that was taking the girls places and she was very much in charge oh yeah i, I love that moment with scott yeah. glenn like scott glenn is so fucking good in this movie but i love his things like amber i got you something <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and then you have rocket who's a nurse she's the hot nurse she's got her little hat she's got her little outfit with the g-strings that you can see and stuff and all that they're all very specific outfits. But on top of that, they play into the fact that they're badasses and they don't stick them in the color schemes, which again, like with the hot nurse is generally white. Yeah. Uh, they're all deep tones. They're all black. And honestly, they don't show much. They show very little. Oh, they yeah. show their like their silhouettes, but you don't see their butts. You don't see their cleavage really all that much. No, and that's, that's kind of what I was saying to you when we watched this. Uh, and, John, I'd be interested to get your point of view because you, you seem to have more of a problem with it than Chewie and I did. Uh, but for me, if this movie was that misogynistic, like, let's check out some titties movie, we would have seen it would have been intercut with Baby Dolls dancing. We would have been seeing yeah. her dance the whole way through and then it'd be intercut with the action sequences so that you make sure you don't miss out on all that, how they call it gyrating and moaning. Yeah. The other breakdown for me with the action sequences is the Charlie's angels of it all where they have the, they just call him the wise man, Scott Glenn's character. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Stick. Yeah. And he's, he's just there at the beginning to give them their instructions and to go do their thing. And another thing. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he has his little one-liners, and he has his little tidbits of advice in life, and it's very video gamey. Oh it's yeah, it's so cutsceney, but it's also super Charlie's Angels at the same time. I can see all the inspiration and choices with all this, like pulling out of all these different things of pulp culture in ways that we have celebrated and totally uh, exploited women, and then putting them all in one thing. Yeah, it, it, I have absolutely nothing to add. To <laughs> oh, no, and, I... and every one of these, all the male characters are either mutants or machines, and they ha and they are specifically told not to feel bad about killing them. Oh yeah, and then when you see their like the quote unquote like the the burlesque world version of them, 
they're still mutants and gross. Like, they don't make... The only person in this... The only (laughs) male in this movie who doesn't look like a straight-up douchebag is John Hamm. And he's just doing his job. He's just doing his job and was lied to. Yeah. Like, that's his whole thing. It was like, I don't do these very often. He's like, you ordered this. Like, I want to come to do this for nothing. So, like, he's the only one who doesn't seem like a bad dude. And he was the only person who was not there to do something awful. I mean, he was, but he was doing his job. Yeah. Uh, but, John, what about you? So, like, after hearing Chewie's breakdown and whatnot, do you, do you still feel quite as strongly against the, like, to showcase this, you have to play in the pool? Um, I think what's what solves the issue here is in the fact that this is the extended cut we're talking about. And I think where you mentioned that it was a bit long... I think for me, the extra length allowed those things to come to the forefront. There were a lot of things from the theater cut that I didn't quite, either they were just cut too quickly or I didn't notice them. Um, stuff with each of the other side characters that weren't Baby Doll. They got more time to shine. They got more, you got more, weirdly enough, ironically enough, the more time we got to look at them and see what was going on, the more I could piece together what this was trying to do. And by having it be more, longer, Maybe with the exception of the, the, the Nazis one. That one ran long. But in general, having more of the action and showcasing more of that, showcasing them, their outfits more, it actually worked better in that regard. I think I could buy the argument that it's actually playing well in the space. It's doing a, a, a good critique of it because it had some time to do that. Um, but I still, I, I still have that complaint for the theater version because uh, I've, I've watched both fairly close to each other. And just... With what they added and what they extended and what they let breathe a little bit, let the point drive home a little bit more than, you know, fast cut, fast cut, look at the girls, fast cut, fast cut, fast cut. And even down to the final John Hamm scene is just wasn't there. Watching that, I was just like, what? Okay, this really contextualizes a lot of this. Two, their conversation before the final, you know, lobotomization. Oh, yeah. Is that it's conversation like, not in the theatrical cut? Absolutely not. What the fuck? <laughs> of her, of him asking her to give herself to him. Yeah, it's not in there. I haven't no. seen the theatrical cut in so long. I forgot what is and isn't it. Yeah, like that. That scene is so important to the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so having that in there, having these longer action scenes, which start to play up the 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 tropes a little bit and start to put some commentary on them, and then given what uh, Chewie you were saying with the costuming and how it's subverting the costuming. I mean, when you, when you start cutting that stuff fast, you don't have enough time to look at that. So all of a sudden, all you're seeing is the mech, the explosions, the, one, like, the one-liners, the guns, and, you know, oh, here's some orcs, here's some dragon, here's some robots, here's a bit of skin. Like, you're not given enough time to catch up and be like, what is this saying? <laughs> like, I, I feel like with the slow-mos that Zack Snyder gets derailed, for, like, derided for, it's, well, that's where you find out what he's saying. You have yeah. a moment to, to look at the to look at the tableau on display. You can actually spend some time looking at their costumes. The stuff that Chewie pointed out, like I could pick that up easier and corroborate that because of the time we took. And I think that's why in this extended cut, like I don't have nearly that complaint. Like I, that complaint doesn't have as much water because they're, they're, he's actually taking some time to do this and work through it. It's not perfect, but he's able to. I don't know. It orients you correctly. It's kind of like the, uh, I've made the analogy before many times. I'm not sure if I've done it on the podcast, Uh, but Zack Snyder, he's a director that swings to the fences on every fucking movie. 
And the problem with people who swing for the fences every time at bat is sometimes they strike out. And I, I don't think this movie fully struck out, but I, I think this is the best showcase of, like, this is Zack Snyder flexing all of the muscles that he's been learning throughout his film career and giving a budget to do it to make this passion project. And I, I don't know where the disconnect was, because I think the movie that he made, especially the director's cut that we saw, is probably the version that he wanted us to see. And I, I think it works. I think the movie is... Uh, the themes are there... As Chewie very accurately described, like the costuming, like all of it is fucking there. Like it works on screen. And it, it's funny as John described the whole link thing. I don't think you're wrong either. Like I, I think if there's a very real possibility that if I were to watch the version where they cut out 20 minutes of the action sequences, I'm not even sure how much action is in this movie. I just know maybe it's, I've just seen it too many times. Who fucking knows? Um, but if they did actually cut that stuff out, you could be right. I could be like, no, nope, this doesn't work anymore. So this could be the exact thing that I needed exact uh, thing that I needed to see. And it, like that's, that's really cool. And I really can appreciate that this film is, I don't want to say unfiltered Zack Snyder because it still came through Warner Brothers and, you know, sitting here in 2021, seeing his relationship with Warner Brothers is like, how did you guys work together for so long? It seems like you don't like each other at all. <laughs> I think it's because Warner Brothers went through a lot of different uh, heads. Yeah, that could be. Because I, I think I think that if Zack Snyder made this, the fame, same film today, he took the exact same script and put that screen that script on screen, it would be a better movie. I think he's a better filmmaker. He's now. a better filmmaker now and he might pull a little bit out of it yeah that's the one thing that like i was like all the things i was referencing again this movie has commentary on so many different parts of pop culture yeah like tv anime video games movies throw comics uh, in there he, we know he's an avid comic book reader so i'm yeah. sure that's supposed to be in there too comic books playboy just like and just the general exploitation of women like he's making commentary on all of it mm -hmm. pulling from all of it so for people who aren't familiar with all of it to them it's just new exploitation and they just have no way to them it's just exploitation because they're not connected to what is being referenced and and to be fair to those people not that i feel that i have to be because you know fuck them um but at the same time <laughs> if all they saw was a theatrical cut then they're not entirely wrong because if you remove the nuance and the story and all that motivation then what you have here is nothing but exploitation and like yeah. that's that's what's on screen and i don't think the well, 20 minutes is the full band-aid to that it's just it makes it clearer because i think the same movie is there but you need that clarification well right and that's what like that's it's almost like a, a Jenga, a game of Jenga when you're when you're trying to make a commentary on something that's so, I would say, subjective in a way. Because especially when you look at the reaction to this movie in its commentary and over time, the reaction people still have with it and how it seems to change for people. Just you're, It's a Jenga tower that you're moving the pieces around. And, I mean, if you don't do it right, it could topple. And I, I feel like the theater cut is the guy who comes in there and just punches the blocks out <laughs> and it's like, okay, the tower fell of obviously, of course you, you knew that the, the karate chop to the block yeah. to get it landing. Isn't going to make it land. It's just going to topple, make a lot of noise and make everyone anxious who get anxious by loud noises. Um, but here having that extra time, you're threading it through. You're finding the piece that needs to be moved at the right time. And I mean, I was kind of gobsmacked to reference the John Hamm scene, that he had more of a part. I forgot that that was a, a narrative, that he had more of a part. I just assumed he was just the guy that went, tink into her face, and that was it. Yeah, which felt like a... Whole, a like, seeing this in the theater, it's like, they hired John Hamm for that? But yeah. then you watch his one scene, which I, I guess I totally forgot wasn't in the movie, 
that's why John Hamm's here. Because that scene works. It's yeah. creepy as fuck, but it works. And he's got eyeliner on the whole time. Yeah, he looks good in eyeliner. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's just it's just the importance of that. Like, having all these things stacked together, it really does require that someone be a master of pacing um, and threading the tone through the needle very carefully and having the ability to trust the audience as well. I think there was a little bit more trust in the, weirdly enough, there was more trust in the fuller cut, the longer cut with more time on it that, Hey, maybe they'll get the idea. That's I mean, there's I still some leaps, like but Jack. yeah, I, th- I mean, even last week's Dawn of the Dead, it's like, he never told us what the themes were. That's for us to figure it out. Yeah. Zach trusts his audience to a fault at times. That's uh, that's why I still go back to the, when he teamed up with Christopher Nolan. I'm like, this is a match made in heaven. One trusts their audience too much. One doesn't trust their audience with fucking anything. <laughs> so, like, the two of them should mix together really well, and I really like Man of Steel. It's just, yeah. I'd like to see the Snyder cut of it. Um, <laughs> well, and, and it should be. It should. There's one little bit of trivia that I have in that. In that, when I've worked on some videos that where they interview him, Snyder, he has mentioned that even the extended cut of uh, Sucker Punch is not necessarily as far as he like. It's not far enough. Like he would have done more with it if he could have I'm and then of course he, he added that like he did that with justice league they would have kept going had they not had a deadline because it's not it's not from the way he made it sound and the way this movie and all these extra cuts seem to be going is that he's going to take his time on this and he's interested in getting to the heart of it and however long that might take so this movie looks to me it feels like a movie to me that just it was too rushed to get out and with all these cuts, they're too rushed. And then you, every, we, all, we all wonder why there's this narrative around him that he's just flashy, he's showy, he's you know, exploitative, he loves slow-mo too damn much. You know, like, it's because he doesn't get the time. Yeah. And then, there, then there's this narrative around him that it's all style, no substance, no style, no substance. And it becomes a meta, like, cycle, a, a cycle of meta-narrative that suddenly feeds into, suddenly we're watching this movie and like, oh, it's not doing it right. It's just exploitative and showy of skin, you know? Yeah. <laughs> showy and, of skin. And, and, like, people like us are just sitting out here just screaming into a void or, I guess, just the Vero fan page. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, guys, th- this isn't – you have to give it a shot. Like, Zack Snyder, especially with a movie like Sucker Punch, is just proving that there are still, like – to use a video game term, AAA directors out there who are making new and interesting and different mm-hmm. things. And the problem is he's getting funneled through this studio system that, like, I'm not sure. I would love, I would love to be a fly on a wall for a Zack Snyder pitch session. Like, how does he get the studio to sign off on a movie like this? Like, Sucker Punch to me is a movie that should not exist. How any board of any studio went, yeah, that sounds good. I, I, I don't get it. I do not get it. But you, you just got to trust that this guy can pitch these movies. Because if I were to be able to see the movie that I think he wanted to make here, and I think this is about as close as we're going to get, um, I think it'd be one of my favorite movies. Like, I'm a huge Cian Sano fan. We did a whole month on it. And, like, I mean, spoilers when we get up to the uh, the double feature. I bet you can guess where I'm going to go. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like these two guys are working in that same, uh, that same house so well of, like, no – the men are the one who are objectifying the women across all these forms of media. We need to call ourselves out. Like we need to, 
because we need to stop doing it. It's a combination of you need to stop doing it and you need to understand that the women also like the stuff. Yeah. But we want our characters to have agency. How dare you? Show your boobs. And interesting (laughs) things. Because that's what... I know this movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test because the majority of the time that the women are together because they're talking about how to defeat Blue. Sure. Oscar Isaac's character. But in general, it is a female ensemble cast with some male supporting actors. And it's very exciting to watch them talk things out and figure out how to live and be strong. It's kind of melodramatic, especially with Rocket's character. Uh, I don't think Jenna Malone has any other speed but melodrama. (laughs) (laughs) I like Jenna Malone, don't Uh, get me wrong, but every role she's in, it's like, whoo! Yeah. And in general, like, if I'm going to choose a action sequence that I enjoy watching them fight each other, or not fight each other, but fight, it's the one with the dragon. I know that one drags out a bit. But it does get really cool. (laughs) It's just, in that particular... uh, not montage. Um, Set piece. Segment. No. Set piece. Encounter? Mm, tableau or something. I, sure. Okay, I'll think of the right word later. Um, Honestly, tableau works are, for that They are exhibiting very clear tactics. Yeah. Like military knowledge tactics, formations, and knowledge on how to achieve their goal. And honestly... If they were just wearing fatigues, they would be perfectly at home Yeah. in how they're carrying their guns and how they're walking and how they're moving with each other. Even the moment when they're in the stairwell and they're covering each other's backs and just to let Sweet Pea know that it's okay to move forward, Rocket pats her on the butt for her back or something for a moment. Oh, and yeah, it's yeah. Very that stuff's specific. not in the theater cut. It is so military and the only thing that isn't a war movie is the fact that they're in, you know, their anime video game inspired outfits. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, that actually directly references a scene that played long in this cut compared to the theater one where it's like, all right, I'm over over here now. Move. And they're doing all these tactics against the orcs. They're and the, so the in knife. sync with each other. And it's such a beautiful moment to see women fight like that. You don't get that which, in fucking any other movie. Which, which some here's other a thought. movies, but not very many. Yeah, here's a thought, because where we're coming from from today. Think about the scene, the uh, quote-unquote women empowerment scene that gets the most play in memes and YouTube videos and reviews and the pop culture. The scene that people say stands out is like, all the women are together and they're doing it. Please don't be mentioning Marvel. I'm not going to say, it's a schmarvel. (laughs) (laughs) But think about that as the acceptable one. And then you come to this scene uh, and you watch... Them working together they are smart they, they're using strategy i would say they are working together and to like counter just to say the thing they don't fight together in that scene by the way no they don't they just no, kind no, of know. stand together and then they all just kind of dissipate they stand together next to a fucking atom bomb of a human being and like yeah we're gonna do this together and everyone's going I think Captain Marvel's got it, guys. She's <laughs> gone. She just yeah, flew yeah. through three spaceships. I think she's going to be fine. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I but I only that bring scene. that up. I bring it up because it's how it's, these scenes are responded to, yeah. uh, especially when you come to this movie versus that movie, especially those particular scenes, because they make a big deal 
in the Schmarvels, a Schmengers, Schmeng game, um, <laughs> that, uh, that that's powerful. That's strong women doing powerful things and being strong, cool women. And when you say that, like, well, that seems a bit um, patronizing, a little bit of a kind of, well, well, here's some women in our movies. People look at you kind of confused. But then you watch something like this where it doesn't have to be spoken. It doesn't have to be said. Uh, when they're actually in this extended cut, they're strategizing. They're they're so adept, like adept at what they're doing and skilled, and it's such an it's so well done. And you don't shine a light that on particular it. scene. Yeah, and you don't shine a light on it. So yeah, if you if you watch over it, kind of in a cursory thing, you could you could you could come up with it's a little bit exploitative. But then, which ones? Well, I mean, out of the two, we clearly us know which ones are worse. Like the lip service versus actually doing it. And this movie in the extended cut is trying to actually do the thing, you know, talk the or walk the walk instead of talking the talk. Yeah, it's going down to the the base rule of actions speak louder than words. Yeah, they actually do it here. <laughs> they don't just say and it. And it's good. I'm I'm very sad though when they could do kill the the baby dragon and then. They kill them. Brutal. I don't know if that whole thing's supposed to be a metaphor for her relationship with her sister and her mother. I mean, it very well could be. Yeah. It's a rough scene. That's the one that we really mean, haven't talked about much in this movie. This movie's a fucking bummer. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, all <laughs> Like, my God. Like, especially the beginning of the movie. Like, even the fucking title card. It comes right after she accidentally kills her sister. And then yeah. Sucker Punch. It's like, oh, God, you're right. That was a Sucker Punch. Yeah. Fuck you, movie. <laughs> sucker And the Sucker Punch text is written with water streaming off the window of the car mm-hmm. as yeah. they're heading to the asylum. So already dark, already dreary, and rain. So to like, take a, a, a very brief aside to kind of talk about, if you watch the video essay that will be in the comments, they'll explain it far better than here, uh, far better than I will. But I just kind of want to bring it up. Uh, just to see what your guys' idea on this one is. Uh, he mentioned this, and it's Movie Bob Chipman. If you're not sure who he is, he is a uh, online video reviewer. He's been doing it for like fucking 15 years. He's pretty good. I, I like him sometimes. Sometimes I disagree with him. Whatever. Uh, but he brings up a point in this movie that all the men who are watching the dances, you know, as we've been talking throughout this episode, that are gross, disgusting, slobby men. Um, but they're always staring at baby dolls dance with this like mouth agape drool. Like imagine like the wolf from Looney Tunes, just like the eyes popping out of his head. Like that's how all these guys are watching it. And whenever the dance or action sequence is done, you usually get maybe a shot of baby doll, maybe not, but then extreme close up on the dudes, like right on their face and their gross face. Sweaty. and Sweaty. They're just like, they just came in their pants. They're coming down. And it's like, According to this other guy, and I tend to agree with him, that is the movie looking at you going, this is you. Stop it. Yeah, it's not just the the guys who are lo- like, you get a close-up on their eyes. You get close-up on baby doll's eyes. She yeah. looks at them first. We see her eyes first going into the vision. She controls it, and when it's done, she looks at them. They look back, and, and all we see are their eyes, and they're looking directly at us. Oh, yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like, say what you will a movie that is going to outright insult the majority not the majority a good chunk of its target audience they're probably not gonna like it they're no. probably gonna say really mean stupid things about it but fuck them because i like that he said it. I-, I like that this is out there i like the way he did it and i hope that was the intended message because I-, I think it i think it's a really good thing to put out there this is one of those things people don't like having 
their faults thrown in their faces. Especially when they're going to a movie to uh, feed into those faults. Yeah. Like if they're going to a the theater, like, oh man, short skirts. I bet one of them's going to take the top off at some point. It's going to be great. And then they get a movie that's like, you're <laughs> gross and you should get the fuck out. And they never take their top off. No, no boobs. What are you going to do? So like if it- that... If that was the the audience that immediately turned on this movie like a dime and flipped at it, I'd be like, well, of course. It's just unfortunate that it was more than that audience. But I think it's a really cool thing. And uh, I, we will have that video in the comments, and you should check it out, because he explains it far better than I just did. But I, I wanted to get it in here just in case. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and yeah, it, using close-up of eyes is very fascinating. I mean, I, I enjoy it just because I watched a lot of spaghetti westerns back yeah. in the day and that was the bread and butter of those is the close-up on their face the eyes bringing tension that was communicating something completely different than here which is great it's fascinating to me that in our genre we don't get a lot of super close-ups on people's eyes we're never really too interested in what their characters are perceiving other than the classic uh, spielberg like reaction shot in medium you're you're always going to get one of those but you're never going to be so intimate and so uncomfortably close in a movie as you have been in here with uh, the close-up on their eyes. And it, it invites an intimacy into the characters that, uh, with this subject matter, is immediately off, uh, off-putting, but discom- discomforting, like, in a good way. That's the point of the movie, right? Yeah. But it, it's, it's going to... <laughs> it's the, oh, close, a little too close joke that you see in cartoons when the camera zooms in uh, and duck amuck. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's... Here it works because it, it makes you shift in your seat a little bit. Like she's staring at me and I was just watching this. And I might've been watching this in a certain way, which may not have been right, but the movie's like, gotcha, but I'm going to stare at you after seeing this yeah, and put you on blast a little bit. And then I'm going to stare at you and reflect you in a way that I think I'm reflecting you like it is as an indictment. And it's a very uncomfortable thing by design. And I think in the theater, in the extended cut with all the extra elements that hits. That punches. That's that. That is the sucker punch for sure. For me, at least. Yeah. All right. I, I think we've said about as much as we can about this thing. We were nicer to it than even I expected to be. And I, I got to say, like my rewatch last night, I'm like, fuck it, man. Like, I've been a little mean to this movie. I've been preparing for this month. This is a good movie. Like it, it might not be my favorite movie of all time, but how many movies can be your favorite movie of all time? So fuck that complaint. It's a good movie. <laughs> uh, let's let's move into favorite moments. I got mine. Locked Go for and loaded. It. Go for it. When um oh what's his name? Stick. He gives her the mech. And she uh <laughs> and he's like, What do you think of this? I got this for you. And she's like, Okay, yeah. And I'm like, What? More than yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's a mech. It's really fucking I, cool. I, and I I feel like the extended cut amped up that delivery a lot more because if if I remember, and that this part's fuzzy, that was there was just a mech there all of a sudden. It, maybe he gave it to her, but like it doesn't seem like we l- lingered on that. Suddenly there's a mech. Maybe I'm wrong, but it felt more pronounced here, and this felt more like a moment. I could like, see that, and I, I think I really gravitated to that in this time around. Uh, for me, I kind of go back and forth, but I think we didn't really spend a lot of time talking about Sweet Pea, and I, I which is kind of too bad because I think that's probably where this movie could have been flushed out just a little bit more. Cause I still think she's thematically the main character, but it's kind of tough to see it that through line unless really you can focus on her. Mind. Exactly. So you kind of have to watch it. It's tough to verbalize it, but either way at the end of the film, when she's finally getting away, there's like some people out looking for her. They're not going to catch her. Uh, she's trying to get on a bus just out of town, just get away from these fucking people. 
and the bus door opens and it's Scott Glenn. It's Stick. And it's like this was the only male character that we hadn't seen in the quote unquote real world. Like he he hasn't existed. Like even like the mayor is just another guy who works at the fucking uh asylum. Like like all the other <clears> men are represented <throat> yeah. in the world, but Stick was nowhere to be seen. So at that point, yeah, the only guy who wasn't gross was John Hamm. But the guy who'd been helping them, the one consistent thing they had throughout all their chaos is the bus driver. Mm -hmm. And it's just that moment of relief of, like, the police are coming, we're going to be in trouble. And then the door opens and it's like, we're going to be fine. She's been with me the whole time. Yep, and he, he's got her back. We're good. And then I like that even the, the, the bus version of him is like, and one more thing. She's been a joy the whole time. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like, he's so good in this movie. I really wish Scott Glenn and Zach could work together again. Like I, I think they have a, they are their paired sense of humor was good. I have a hard time picking a favorite moment in this movie right now. I guess I guess favorite line and favorite like sound cue. I guess is I like it when Wise Man slash Scott Glenn just to, looks at Baby Doll and says, "Now defend yourself." Yeah. I'm like, that's like, that's the rest of the movie. Yeah. That's her being on the offensive while very much defensive at the same time. Uh, and then again, the pat on the back from Rocket to Sweet Pea when they're in that cavern slash castle thing. Just, there's just like such a great little soundbite moment. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. I really like it. It's a good moment. <laughs> Uh, double features. I kind of spoiled mine already, so I'm going to go first. <laughs> uh, but I'm going with Tag. Big shocker there. Uh, I think these two movies uh, have a lot of a similar themes. Uh, they, they definitely could talk to each other as far as things that they're not happy about with the treatment of women in video games. Um, and they're both very, very, you know, pro-feminist, uh, pro-women being told by men. And that's a, it's an interesting voice to tell those sorts of stories. And I don't think that necessarily makes it an invalid one, but it's definitely one that's uh, it's different. And from that point of view, I think both of these films would, would pair together really well as they're saying different things about the same thing, but both negative for the positive. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Negative yeah. things for the greater good for the greater good. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, this one in tag, you'll have a real fucked up afternoon, but you know, <laughs> Uh, mine's a triple feature. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Uh, one that celebrates subtext and throwing things in your face. And the other one that's heavy-handed, very much this is exactly what it is and isn't very good. Uh, I would watch them in the order of this. The first one would be Cabaret with Cher and... Uh, Wait, burlesque? Sorry, burlesque. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe burlesque with Cher and... I'm forgetting her name right now. Christina Aguilera? Christina Aguilera. Aguilera. Yeah. That movie is not good. <laughs> uh, the dance sequences are okay. Uh, the music is okay. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> Be sure to watch this. <laughs> uh, it's just so heavy-handed on the, like, girl power. While... Uh, being sexual uh is the other one cabaret with liza minnelli because that'd be an interesting triple <laughs> no. feature but it, well it's burlesque uh, it's the triple feature in what you watch burlesque first okay then you watch sucker punch and you're like this is a much better version of that <laughs> of watching women be powerful and risque at the same time uh and being put in situations they don't like and then you watch spring breakers oh boy 
oh, a movie that is <clears throat> ugly and very much throws things in your face of, do you like this? If this is who you are, you're a bad person. <laughs> uh, and women, are they empowered? Are they just being used? Do the men just destroy them and turn them into something ugly? Or is that the way they were the whole time? Um, so for mine, I'm going to go with... I think they're, as I've watched these now, they're interesting in how they approach their storytelling, their meta-ness. And I would say... Moulin Rouge and this. And I think in that order. Because A, I like to end things on a dour note, right? Woohoo! Um, but also, uh, watching things with that amount of style, you start to. Uh, it's going to train you to kind of ask the questions about the movie, to explore it, to dig a little bit into what they're doing. Um, especially because uh, Moulin Rouge is a lot, very pulling from pop culture in a lot of different ways, even so much as. They're just singing songs that are were in the pop culture and remixing them into the narrative. And uh, uh, Sucker Punch is doing that with genres. Uh, uh, anime is not a genre, but uh, formats. So anime is a format. Uh, comics is a format. You know, it's bringing these extra formats in, yanking pop culture left and right to try and put some sort of spin on it. I would say maybe Sucker Punch might be, have a little bit more things to say. But at the end of the day, your eyes are going to be... Just melted. bugging out. You, you don't have <laughs> melted anymore. by the end of this. <laughs> um, yeah, and just to just you know be fair to all parties there. Sucker Punch also does remix uh, songs for the theme of the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Army of Me is used in so many different ways. Yeah. Uh, was there anything else? Do we miss anything? Is that it? We did it, right? No, I think we got it. Cool. Next week. Oh God, here I'm gonna look at the actual title, so I'm gonna fuck it up again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Owls. What is? Justice League? Is that what we're... No. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I can't remember. Is it the Snyder Cut? Uh, no. Uh, it is of... called Legends of the Guardians, colon, the Owls of Gahul. Uh, main reason that we picked this movie is because you just went, wait, what? Because uh, <laughs> right. fucking everybody forgot about it within 10 seconds of it coming out. Yeah. And uh, except for uh, old uh, co-host Sam... I know she was a big fan of this movie. She'd often say it was her favorite Zack Snyder movie. Um, but that was uh, the only other person that I could think of that even referenced having seen this movie. We saw it in theaters. Yes, we did. Because it's Zack Snyder. We were definitely going to go. Uh, yeah. We've been crazy fans for a while. And that was just... I, I definitely am looking forward to rewatching this movie because I was so not prepared for what it ended up being when I saw it. That I I'm not sure if I'm gonna like it or just still dislike it. And this is still a, this is still a pretty young Zack Snyder. This is before Watchmen. This is uh, or right after Watchmen, before Man of Steel, before Sucker Punch. Even like this is uh, he's still kind of learning his trade and decided yeah. to try an animated movie and to varying success. Yeah. And just to give you an idea, I'm looking at the poster right now, and it says from the studio that brought you Happy Feet. <laughs> and I can't help but think that maybe a bunch of people goofed uh, when it came time to presenting this film because. When you mentioned that we were going to do this one, I was like, oh, okay, all right. And then I've had to type it out for various things for lower thirds, and it's like, oh, okay, mm. this owl one. So definitely worth It's going to be interesting to see it, because I have not. The marketing didn't bring me in the, into the theater. Why? It was more of a head-scratcher. <laughs> they, lo- they used one of the best 30-second from Mars uh, songs in the trailer, and that always hooked me. I mean, it, it was a good trailer. I'll watch the trailer again, for sure, before I watch this. Uh, I'm excited to get into it. I, I I don't really remember a lot about it. I, I remember going, that was okay. And then I never watched it again. So I've seen this one time. 
Uh, but it felt like a really good, like, if we're going to talk about all the uh, Zack Snyder warts and all, we got to talk about this one, because this is the one that... Uh, everyone forgot. Everyone has forgotten. Yeah. So we're talking about the one that everyone hated this week. We're going to talk about the one everyone forgot next week. Um, and uh, <laughs> we found out they were all wrong for this week, so maybe they all should have seen this one next week. Well, we'll find out. I'm excited. Well, and it's interesting that you bring it up, too, because even though we're doing director's cuts in general, uh, animation tends to... in general already be the director's cut like, that is true they, the animation is so fine-tuned like in in its whole process that yeah you get the scenes that you want because you have to do them before they animate the, st- the <laughs> silly scenes so you have to get it the way you want it and you work it and work it like clay so yeah this will be interesting to watch in that context of this month and it will also be far and away the shortest movie we review this month. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's do a very, very quick round of plugs and we'll say goodbye. Uh, for this show and every other show on the HTH Network, be sure to check out ATHpod.com, uh, including us. Uh, the very last episode of uh, Alice in Zombieland just came out this past Monday. Damage Boost has been crushing it. And I know we got a lot coming up from Demon Days, which I'm really excited about. Uh, John, is there anything specific you need to plug in Demon Days? Uh, no, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, we're... Our heroes are going to travel and fight some interesting monsters, and it's going to get interesting. I'm being vague because I don't want to spoil anything. We just recorded nice. a session before this, and I'm excited with where it's going. It's going to be great. And if you want to hear the Bullywog choke on a bug, I did that a few weeks ago. It was a lot of fun. I actually kind of threw my throat out for an hour or so, but it was worth it. Um, that, doesn't, <laughs> that does not come across in the recording at all. You had to listen to the 300 other takes I did to understand why it would happen. Um, but it was a lot of fun, so I, was, I had a good time with that one. All right. Tune in next week. I have to look at the screen to say the full fucking title. Legends of Guardians. Legends of the Guardians. The Owls of Gahool. Goodbye. Goodbye. Gahool? Gahool? Gahool, bye. Gahool?